Welcome back to Dignity Leadership Consulting's podcast. We're here to talk about leadership. We've got some leadership experts that are going to join us today. Part of the whole goal of this podcast is to talk about some of the weaknesses we've had as leaders and how we've overcome them, how we've become better, how we've become stronger. And I think it's, uh, it's all about learning and growing to become a good leader. So with that, today in the house, I got Rebecca Griego and Brooke Coleman. So Brooke, this is your second trip back to the, to the episode. Yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me back. It's so well, fun. Well, welcome. And uh, Rebecca, this is also your second trip back I know. to the show. Thank you. I finally made it and I have a headset now, so I'm feeling really official. <laughs> We've been promoted. You've been promoted, right? Yes. <laughs> That's a good thing. So, you know, last show we were talking, I don't know if everybody heard the last show, but I'm hoping they were listening. And by the way, I, I totally missed this piece earlier, but I'm Rich Levine. And I'm the founder of Dieter, Dieter of Dignity Leadership Consulting, and it might be some of the you know some of the outside extracurricular activities that our producer Kevin E's been giving us. But anyway, you can Sorry find about me. That. You can you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Facebook under Dignity Leadership Consulting. I've got an Instagram page. We're out there on social media, but LinkedIn's the biggest place. But anyway, so let's get back to uh, to Brooke and Rebecca because they're really why we're here today. In the last show, Rebecca, you were talking, and I've heard this from you before, and I absolutely love it, but your personal concept of leadership or your theory, and you've got a story behind it and how you tell it, and it was all about, I mean, cookies, homemade cookies. Can you, can you go into that for us a little bit, please? Sure. <laughs> I think I was just craving cookies. Yeah. <laughs> it was a final class and I was baking and most people say cooking you do with your heart, baking is a science and there's been this argument, what is leadership? Is it a science? Is it something you can learn? Is it something that comes from your heart? Um, I think it's a little bit of a blend. So I created this analogy that it's like a good chocolate chip recipe. And I think you know that you're going to use flour. You know that you're going to use butter and chocolate chips. So I think in leadership, you're going to strip the ego. You're going to show up and be authentic. And I think you need to have empathy and good futuristic thinking skills. So those are kind of your base ingredients. And you can choose to add a little more or a little less of each of those and it will create your unique style of leadership and how you interact with everybody else. And, and I think that's a beautiful story. And with your permission, I stole it and I used it for a presentation I did. And, and I added to it a little bit, but so if we're gonna go into kind of where, where I come from, so everybody understands is, is a manager and leader and using those terms interchangeably. You know, everybody thinks one and the other is the same. But for me, expanding on your, on your cookie theory, which I think is incredible, by the way, it's like walking into the grocery store and you can walk down the cookie aisle, you can buy a bag of Chips Ahoy, right? Mm -hmm. With me? And that's like yeah. being a manager, right? Yeah. Here it is, mm -hmm. it's cookies. Yep, you can't deny it. It's got sugar, it's got flour, it's got chocolate chips or whatever. And then you can move it on, like you were saying, the science or, or what have you, one step farther. And you can walk back a little farther in the grocery store and you can go to the cold section mm -hmm. and you can find pre-made cookie dough, right? Mm -hmm. and now you got pre-made, so now, well, you know what? I like more chocolate chips or I like macadamia nuts in mine or what have you, and you can change it up a little bit, right? Now we're adding some more ingredients. And now we're progressing, we're, we're learning and growing. 
And then for me, like what you kind of said was the final stage is it's homemade cookies. It's grandma's homemade cookies mm. for me. And why grandma's homemade cookies? What, did grandma ever make a bad homemade cookie? She knew exactly how you liked them. She, and she did it with love and with empathy and all these other things. And I think leaders can learn from your example, which I think is incredible. How do we make more homemade cookies? So let's, let's tackle that. How do we do it in a leadership term? I think for me, it comes down, or at least starts off with being authentic and sort of just that homemade and all of those extra little pieces that you don't get in a cookie cutter model of anything. Um, paying attention to those small details and really focusing on what you want your leadership style to include. Yeah, and we talked last show a little bit about people being individuals and unique. Not every chocolate chip cookie is the same, right? And, and you got to make it so not everybody likes the same chocolate chip cookie either. And, and using that model, some people like Chips Ahoy. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people like, you know, the take and bake. And then some people want, they just need that extra. And I think as leaders, we've got to understand who our followers are. Mm -hmm. And do they want Chips Ahoy or do they want grandma's homemade cookies? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to take you back in time. All right. So this is... This is October of 2019, if I recall, and I was, a, I was in class with you, Rebecca, and you were going through this, and you went one step farther yeah. past chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Some people want brownies, Rich. <laughs> and, that's, and absolutely, and, and how does that fit into leadership? Um, it's unique. Exactly. Uh, you know what I've been thinking the whole time? It's all the same it is, ingredients. It's all the same ingredients. They come different. Yeah, they come it, together differently. I remember you saying something, and you said, I didn't have it at home, but some people like to sprinkle nuts in it. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of sprinkling a little almonds. Is it is it a is it a day for a macadamia, or is it walnuts? You know? But there's something to that, because the flavor changes. It adds richness, depth. And when you're talking about leading people, you need to look at each individual. What do they want? Like, what are they looking for that is that you can tap into, that you can build into, you can pour a little bit into, and they become richer and and more. There's more depth to them. There's more that they can offer because you've helped them move along. So, it's so funny because behind the scenes, while I was preparing for that final presentation, I was getting feedback from my sister and she was like this is great until I got to the brownie point and she was like you completely lost me so it took me a second to remember that I did throw that extra step in there um but I, I had like a brownie it. that day by the way <laughs> I, I did not partake in your cookies and brownies because of dietary restrictions brought upon by myself but that's all right I wish I would have I, I'm sure they were incredible but part of this is so when you do leadership it, it is like making cookies for me. It's There's a lot of different ingredients that go into making cookies, and everybody's ingredient package is different. You know, for mine, it's it's trust, it's hope, it's compassion, it's consistency. Mm -hmm. um, and and what, what is it you guys do that, what do you put into your leadership style that makes, makes you a better leader? I have listened to your podcast, I've been able to be on it once, and you bring up the squishy details of human aspects. And I can't help but ooze that out of me from 
every pore in my body. I am about those soft, squishy details, um, which is interesting because I came from a military background where it was very regimented. Um, so for me, it's come down to just being authentic and realizing that my personal brand, my type of cookie, if you will, may not be for everybody, but there is a place in people who do like that and people that need that type of leadership style. Um, I don't think my idea is to make one ultimate style. I think lots of different leadership techniques and styles need to be incorporated. And for me, just being authentic and true to who I am has yielded the best results. And it took a long time. I tried to live up to this fake idea of what I thought a leader should be like or look like, how they should act like. Even coming down to outfit choices today, I was like, oh, do I need to wear a suit jacket? And I was like, no, I am a floral print dress girl <laughs> through and through. But choosing to always show up as myself has been my newest number one. Yeah, you, you bring up a great topic that I think we need to discover or get into a little more for our listeners. And that's you know, being authentic, how do you be authentic? And I think mm. when leadership topics come up, so many people believe that there's one way to do leadership and whatever that one way is, it's in their head and that's how they have to do it. And then they get stuck in, okay, in a book it said, I have to do X, so now I'm gonna go do X. And I've, I've learned through this program and working with you guys, because you're incredible, that you've, you've gotta take on a lot of different things and you've got to open your mind and you've got to read a lot of books and you've got to listen to a lot of experts like yourselves and then you take it back in and you make it yours genuinely yours and then you basically i like to call it you rob and you redistribute i was going to say you test it out i when i think of leadership after several years of leading others you empower the people who are on your team you invest in them you look at their strengths and and you test what could work. You, you take all the things that you've learned, all the things that you know, and you put it into practice. And you're going to get it right sometimes, and you're going to get it wrong. And the key to getting it wrong and, and fixing it and changing it is acknowledging that it didn't work the first time, but that's okay. Yep. We're going to grow from that and learn from that and see what comes next. Yes. And I, I agree with that because I think what we've got to do as leaders, we've got to let go of our ego. We have to admit that we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. I mean, we can try, but in my, in my history, you know, kind of growing up and watching people through my career is some of them think they're perfect. They think that their answer is the one and only answer. And that's how things have to be done. And uh, through trial and error, you know, I've learned that there's multiple ways mm -hmm. to get things done. Yeah. And I don't like to, you know, I don't like to tell somebody, hey, we got to get from A to Z and here's how you do it, right? There's multiple ways to do it. And, and I know, um, Rebecca, you've got a military background and sometimes that comes into play mm -hmm. and the military is very rigid, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So which, uh, which branch were you in? I was in the Navy. The Navy. Well, thank you for your service. Um, Obviously, that's played a, a key role in, in who you are today. But um, I'll be honest with you. When I met you, I would have never guessed you to be a, be a veteran of our U.S. forces. So thank you. 
It was a pleasure, and you wouldn't be the first person who's told me they didn't see me <laughs> as a former military person. Well, now that I know that you're in the Navy, I know we, I know we're going to be safe. We got a, a lifeboat coming our way if we if we sink real fast. Yeah. But let, let's let's get back on track on kind of what we're talking about. And one of the other topics that's come up in a lot of our shows, so ego, and then one of my favorite things is trust, mm-hmm. and how do we build trust? In one of the books that I've read. Um, it's going to tie into your military background, Rebecca, is um, it's uh, extreme ownership, um, how the U.S. Navy SEALs uh, win and lead by uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. So it was an incredible book, and they've got a lot of different concepts in there. And one of my favorite concepts is there is no such thing as bad teams, mm. only bad leaders. So Amazing. what would, yeah, so what yeah. do you comment on that? Well, I mean... <laughs> So let, let's hear your take on that. I mean, so right, you got, you're given a, a group of people, and now you're in charge of leading them. Or if you're a manager, managing them. But that's still leadership. Yeah. So how do you tackle it? Where do you start? Well, I currently lead uh, a team of 30. Um, and when you have 30 people, you have a lot of personalities, a lot of different, um, a lot of different strengths mixed in with each other. I think my team is probably would roll their eyes as I say this, but I've told them from the very beginning, if the proverbial bus were to hit me tomorrow and I was no more, I trust you to continue on what we're doing and to improve it. You know, I'm, I'm not here anymore and you guys keep on going. Why? Because we've put all the tools in place for you to succeed because I trust who you are and what you can do. I know your skill set. And I want you to just continue to grow and improve and be the best version of, of who you are and then who we are as a collective being. Yeah, and that, that concept is also in their book yeah. where they talk about, you know, you give everybody the rules of engagement mm-hmm. and then you got to let them go out and you've got to let them execute because mm-hmm. you can't micromanage them down to the nth detail <laughs> or you're never going to be successful. And, you know, and what's interesting is I've never been in the military. I've never been. I'm a. I'm a weakling. Thank you for all the veterans out there that went and defended my freedom. I. You got a place in my heart because I didn't have the guts to do that, and you did. But where I'm going with it is, if you take leadership, and you look at it like being in the military, if you give somebody the wrong directions, it can be detrimental. I mean, it's it's the difference between turning left and missing a, a hidden mine, or turning right and going over it and to do that you've got to build trust and so i keep going back to this whole trust thing you know how do we build trust how do you build a team if your team doesn't trust you they're not going to execute and so i I keep getting stuck in this routine of trust and trust and trust Mm -hmm. and going down it Mm -hmm. um and and it's just it's kind of like the glue that holds the team together it is the glue that holds the team together it is in the military it really a lot of times does come down to a life or death situation. Mm. Um, so maybe our everyday scenarios aren't that extreme, but we do have the benefit of normally when you're leading a team, they are all aligned on the end goal that you're trying to get to. So mm. we are trying to come together in the best, most efficient way possible to achieve something that we all want. And to build that trust, I think one thing that the military does very well is holding you to a certain standard Mm -hmm. and applying that evenly throughout. Um, It's not a 
do as I say. Wait, how does that saying go? <laughs> um, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, but, but that's that's interesting. Sorry yeah. to interject, but that was one of the things we talked about, and that's one of my leadership pitfalls, which mm. is not following your own rules, which is exactly where you're going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And go into that. I mean, I interrupt you, but go into that. What happens when you, as a leader, don't follow your own rules? I think it starts planting seeds of doubt in your team and they start yes. to question why are we doing this yeah. or um and once they start questioning the process yeah. you've already lost them mm. they are down the wrong path so you really need to bring them back and remain focused on what your goal is that you're trying to achieve yeah and could i add the squishiness yes. in that moment because that is absolutely true and you lose trust when there's doubt there but if you do not speak identity into the people that are there with you and what i have learned with with those who are because they're, le- they're looking at me for that leadership component they're, they're looking at me to build that trust they trust me i want to speak truth into who they are and say i trust you I know that you are completely capable and I've given you every tool to succeed and I know you can't, I trust you. I'm going to step back. Just saying that, it's amazing to watch someone physically in the midst of that. It's like they grow, you know, twice their size because someone believes in them and they can go forward knowing that there is someone there backing them up. So what you've done by building trust up in Mm -hmm. them is you've given them hope. Mm-hmm. And when you give them hope, they have a reason to get out of bed. And that's kind of how I look mm-hmm. at it. Somebody asked me one time, they said, hey, how do you keep saying that as a leader, you need to instill hope. W- what does that mean? For me, it's, it's getting everybody a reason when they wake up in the morning to jump out of bed with both feet on the ground, hit the door running mm-hmm. and come to work and be ready to go. And I'm not saying that in a, in a um, dictator discipline type deal, but it's, it's inspiring. And when you have trust in your team and you lead with action and not words, your team gets behind you. They're energized. They're ready to go. Absolutely. And and I think as a leader, um, you've also got to learn how to, I call it, carry a servant towel or pick up the broom. And you know what? John Wooden has been known to go to the closet and sweep the gym floor before a practice so that his players wouldn't trip. I mean, who in this, you know, you look at it, you don't know those things about John Wooden. And the other thing I find interesting about John Wooden, so he won, oh, what was it, nine or 10 NCAA basketball titles in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the coach at UCLA for 15 years before he won his first title. Wow. So part of this is, is we don't become great leaders overnight yes it's time it's a process it takes there's all these different pieces that go into it and so kind of talk to me about your journey rebecca what how have you gotten to where you're at today as a leader okay i'll get to that in just a moment because i like that but expanding off of what you were just saying um my path into leadership has just constantly been changing and i like this podcast because so many times i've picked up a new style and i've tried implementing it and i've been like oh i've got it right this time and then i fall on my face or i do something wrong so this is a great place to sort of talk about how um those pitfalls can happen um i had also heard that maybe you should be a servant leader um, and that was a very approachable style and I had 
a master chief in the Navy who said it was all about balance. Um, and he said, your team has to know that you're willing to get into the trenches with them when they need you, but it's hard to be a good leader if you're constantly focused on that. You can't see the different obstacles that your team's going to face. So while it is good to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty, as a leader, you also need to be a little bit above that and notice what else um, is around the corner. So just constantly finding that balance and how to apply new techniques and the mistakes that you make while you're doing that and how to recover mm -hmm. and then add to that. Yes, um, and, and servant leadership is just one mm -hmm. style, one True. theory behind it. There's all different kinds of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not going to you know, be a proponent and say, hey, servant leadership is the only way to go. It was just it was a good example. But I like what you're saying that, you know, if you as a leader jump in and you're always doing the work for them, um, at some point in time, people are people. And we know <laughs> that they're going to say, oh, you know what? Guess what? Rebecca's going to do my job for me today. So I'm just going to sit back and uh, drink my coffee, take 25 bathroom breaks. But so how so what's what's the next step for you? How do you? How do you keep yourself from doing that? How do you keep your people motivated? Again, I think that is just having a very clear standard and holding people to that, each individual and not making exceptions. In a company that I've worked for in the past, um, I noticed this happening and it was brought up during one of our lectures and it was sort of like an aha moment for me. But we all have those people who are on the brink of retiring or have been to the company for so long and they don't change and adjust to the different paths that the career's taking. Mm -hmm. And it's brushed off as, oh, that's just so-and-so. Oh, they've been here forever. They're a dinosaur, they won't change. But what the company doesn't realize is it is eroding the trust from all of their new employees that yes. are building and working towards this mm -hmm. new vision. So that standard has to be applied throughout the entire company consistently, in yes. my opinion. <laughs> which, which brings, so I'm gonna go back to the book I just mentioned a little bit ago, Extreme Ownership. And one of their other concepts in there is discipline equals freedom. Hmm. So in the military terms, at least as I understand it, that's just giving everybody the rules of engagement and what you're gonna do. And then once you give them to them, you have to enable them the freedom to go do their job. Hmm. and and. I like what you're going with that because it, it ties into all this stuff. So not only do you have one person that you're working with, but you got everybody else. And everybody else in your organization is watching you, right? So you might be having that one-on-one -on -one conversation, mm -hmm. but everybody else is looking up to you to see what your next action's gonna be. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you handle that can make or break trust within your, within your team. And so the biggest thing for me comes back to it's, it's being sincere it's being consistent and it's being honest with yourself. And you know, they, they say you, you can't treat everybody the same, but, or can you? So you kind of got to, you got to take a balance on that as well, right? Can I just say yes. on both of the points y'all are saying, absolutely. When I think about leading the team that I have now, I work for a, um, a nonprofit organization, a very large nonprofit, um, whose basis is servant leadership. You lead as a servant, you come um, in humbly, and, and I've loved that concept. And you also need to keep your people accountable. 
Like it's, it's both and it's not one or the other. And so it is a, such a challenge. I can't wait to hear what you'll share too, because that is so true. That discipline is key. And I would say, I, I don't feel like I'm hitting that out of the park. I love to inspire those. And then I get so frustrated when they're not reaching that level of perfection that I put on myself. Um, and it's not mine to place on them, but the expectation needs to be a certain level and they do need to accomplish the expectation for the team, for the organization as a whole to move forward. So how do you do that well? Well, here's, here's the answer I'm gonna give you. At, at work, we have a saying, keep paddling. Mm. And it means all different kinds of things. Number one, it means we're never gonna give up, right? You gotta keep the boat moving. But now going to where you're, what you guys are talking about is there's no free rides on our boat, all right? We only got enough seats on the boat, and if you're gonna be on the boat, you better be helping us move in the direction we need to go, otherwise we've gotta get you off the boat. And that's an unfortunate thing, and every leader runs into it, but if, if your team or your followers aren't drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will, or following the vision, mm-hmm. and then you got somebody sabotaging it, and unfortunately, we live in a society where negativity seems to creep into everything we do, and I don't know what it is about negativity or negative attitudes, but they're contagious. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like a wheelbarrow full of apples. And if there's one rotten one in there, the next thing you know, you got the whole wheelbarrow's full of rotten apples. And, and I'm really big on I'm working with my team on attitude. Mm-hmm. And you know, waking up every morning. We talked about hope. You know, being happy, getting up, having a reason to come to work. Well, that comes down to the leader. The leaders gotta inspire the team. You gotta show them what's going on. You gotta give them the right attitude, and you gotta give them give them a reason to row the boat. Yes. Yeah. So for me, I think having that standard be consistent mm-hmm. is more important, and this changes depending on the size of your team that you're really trying to lead. But once maybe they're not living up to that standard, how you approach that individual could be tailored to their needs. Do they need to create a development plan so they know where they're headed? Does it need to be more of a stern, we're writing you up because this is against the rules? Um, I think the way that you can approach each individual, that's where you have the opportunity to tailor it to their needs. But that standard, Um, needs to be held high. So what I like about what you're saying is give them feedback. And more importantly, let's give them feedback often. And if they have often consistent feedback, then you're gonna avoid the negative situations of having to do the write-up, of having to do the termination. People are looking looking for self-confidence, and you can instill that by telling them what they're doing great, and then talking about, okay, here's some things we need to work on. The other thing I'm I'm a big proponent of is leading by strengths. And that's finding out what people are good at, which means you've got to understand that person, you got to learn to know them, and then you got to find a role for them in the organization where they can contribute using their skills. Cuz I think there's nothing more punishing to an individual's confidence than telling them they stink at the role you hired them for and that they're not doing very good. Well, then I think that's back on you as a leader. You hired them. You picked them to do that role. What, where did that come from and what, and what did you do? And how do, we, how do you prevent that? So a lot of it comes down to the beginning stages, right? How do we, how do we hire good people? Yeah. So is there anything you guys use when you're looking, when you're, when you're out recruiting, trying to find people 
any any traits that you're looking for that you're trying to hire in people? I would say, and I've said this always as I'm hiring people, it's not the hard skills um, that you can, those can be taught, those can be trained in, but it's those soft skills, interpersonal skills, listening skills, teamwork. Can you work as a team? Can you take feedback and grow from there? Yes. So there's, there's six things I think that you can be in control of. Mm. Let's see if I can get all six okay. of them. Number one, your work habits. How hard are you going to work? Number two, your attitude. You know, are you showing up with a good attitude? Um, your network. You control your own network. You build your network. You got to surround yourself with positive people. Um, your physique. Um, it, it says a lot about you. Do you take care of yourself? Because if you take care of yourself, it's going to help you move on to the next to the next thing. So there's a lot of different discipline things that go into you as a follower being a great follower, um, and that's also the leader working with the followers to make them better. But once again, I'm getting the signal from Kevin E., the monster millennial on KEPX, that we're running out of time. I got to do it. Yeah, we're running out of time. We're up against 30 minutes. So anyway, for all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to have some more episodes coming out. Once again, I'm Rich Levine. (laughs) I'm the founder of Dignity Leadership Consulting. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, rich.levine. I'm also on Facebook. Dignity Leadership Consulting. I've got an Instagram page under the same name as well. And we thank you all for listening and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you.